You're about to listen to a new episode of Audio Signals. Get ready to take a journey into the known, the unknown, and everything in between. Recorded at no specific point in time nor space, ITSP Magazine's co-founders Marco Cipelli and Sean Martin follow their passion and curiosity as they venture away from the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society to discover new stories worth being told. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at Nintex.com. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. And here we are. This is Audio Signal, and uh, I am not sure how is that lately it's just me but it should be sean too i don't know he's missing in action somewhere uh, but i'm sure you'll join us very soon again and uh it doesn't really matter i mean i love sean we created itsp magazine together but uh at the core of the conversation is never the two of us it's uh one of us or the two of us with our guest and today it's a guest that i'm very excited to have on because First of all, I cannot believe she hasn't been a guest yet. Uh, but uh, I think that at the beginning of the year, there had been something that made it even more connected, which is the fact that I was lucky enough to join the organization that she is running, which is the Mentor Project. And I'm sure that some of you may be already bored hearing me talking about it. But, uh, well, buckle up because it's going to happen more and more. And Deborah is actually the person that came up with the concept, the idea, and she will talk to us a little bit about that. But first of all, a little bit about herself. So, Deborah, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure to be here with you today, Marco, on your show. I'm really thrilled. Yeah. And, you know, with people like you, and we just had the a show with uh, with Susan, which is another person from the Mentor Project, and many more are going to be coming. It's kind of funny because you are so used to be not only on the show as a guest, but also hosting your own podcast. So for me, it's the easiest job I could ever have. So let's start from the beginning. And yeah, let's talk talk about you, who you are, what, uh, what you do, where you came from, what you like. Sure. Um, well, first, thanks again for having me on. It's a, it's a real pleasure. And I really love that I already know you and that you're already a mentor. And so this is really comfortable, a nice conversation. Um, I'm an applied developmental psychologist and an aging specialist, a researcher. I write. I'm a contributor for Psychology Today. And I'm the CEO of the Mentor Project. And um, the Mentor Project is something that only started in 2019, but it's really been something that's been percolating and brewing for probably decades. Um, 
I started out as a, in graduate school, deciding, hey, I want to be someone who specializes in aging. And that really wasn't a field that was around at the time. And I went to Fordham University and they gave me a really great opportunity to work with older adults in a nursing home. And when I went out, I, I was placed in the nursing home and I said, this is it. This is for me. I'm going to do this. And stayed in research and uh, working in the field of aging for a while. And while I was there, you know, I was working in a nursing home and the research I was doing was on things like depression, frailty, all sorts of things that were negative about aging. And early on, I went to talk with someone at a conference and I was at a big dinner table and I was so proud of myself. I was newly made a PhD and I was so proud to be a researcher and to be doing such things that, you know, I was just writing my first book and all kinds of things. And someone said to me, well, what do we have to look forward to when we age? And I didn't have an answer. And it was because I was saying, well, uh, we're doing work to reduce frailty and to minimize depression. And the person said, so what? So we have to look forward to less frailty and less depression. And that moment changed the trajectory of how I wanted to look at things. So I started to look at what do we have to look forward to as we age? And that crisis was an aha moment that really made me dig in and look at the normal trajectory of aging in the way that I was trained as a developmental psychologist, but to really dig into midlife and older age and to not look at what the pathology is as we age, but to look at the things that we naturally get better at. So this was a big moment where I said, all right, we have a trajectory where we have a steep incline physically and then a slow, steady decline uh, over time. And that scares people. And it, it made me think that's the way that aging is too. But then I realized, wait a second, we have an emotional trajectory that starts at the same place as physical trajectory, right down at the bottom at birth, but it never goes down. It goes up our whole lives. So this was something that I wanted to focus on. And that's when I started to look at midlife and um, the things that we're sort of built to do, like walking and talking, which is to give back, to want to leave a legacy, to want to have meaning and purpose in our lives after we've checked the boxes of all the things we're supposed to do. And so there are three ways we can do that. One is volunteering, one is mentoring, and one is uh, philanthropy. And I chose to look at mentoring because it's something that's free. Anybody can do it, whether you're a grandma or a four-star general. And it was something that I thought, I've seen this in the workplace, I've seen people doing it, and I want to take a look. So while I was out looking for mentors, you know, from grandmas to four-star generals to see what was common among all of them and to see if, in fact, they really liked it. I met Bob Cousins. And Bob Cousins is not just your average guy. He's the guy who has a bazillion patents. One of them, which isn't even his biggest patent, but it's the only one that I can really wrap my head around because they're all so high level, is he, and he patented how we use credit cards on the internet. So every time you shop on Amazon, thank Bob, you know, because it happened because of him. 
uh, or curse Bob, whatever you want it to be. Um, and so I met up with Bob and here's a guy who won the 2020 inventor of the year award out of Silicon Valley, who's really changed the world. And he was saying mentoring is mentoring means so much to him. He loved mentoring and he really did tell me everything that a mentor feels, which is that you feel productive. You feel like you get to pass on what you have to somebody else that, you know, it, your knowledge isn't stuck with you, that it, it moves on to somebody else and sort of lives on with them. And you get to watch that and see it grow. And so he said, oh, you have to meet a friend of mine, Bill Cheswick. So I was at a hackers convention that they invited me to, and it was one in like some secret location with all kinds of giant techie brains. Um, you know, I came up there and there were like all these funky cars and Teslas. And then I walked in and people were on hoverboards. It was like really quite the wonderland experience. And I met Bill and Bill Cheswick is one of the fathers of the firewall, among other things. Like he has stuff in museums and probably if you dipped your hand into your pocket, something that's in there was invented by Bill while he was at um, Bell Labs. And so Bill said to me, I want to get into schools to uh, mentor kids and to teach them quantum mechanics by the before they're in fourth grade, before they get jaded. And I said, that's a great idea. And he said, I just don't know how to get to kids. You know, he said, I can't really approach them in parks. And I was like, yeah, don't do that. That's not a good idea. You'll seem kind of creepy. So I said, well, maybe, you know, we'll do something. And he was like, you you know, I can't start it. It's not something I can do. But, you know, if something comes up, let me know. Well, Bob, Bill, and I got together and we said, let's form the Mentor Project. And we didn't know what would happen with this. It was just sort of a, we were volunteers. Bill was like, I'll get my Tesla and drive to schools. You just set it up. And so we had about 10 of us that were really into this, really cool people who just wanted to go and teach kids. And Bill would hop in his Tesla, drive for hours, go to schools, meet with kids. And kids just loved meeting with him and learning from him. And we were happily doing that. And then COVID hit. So COVID comes along and we were thinking, uh-oh, this is it. We're doomed because we can't go into schools. But we quickly pivoted, went on Zoom, and we went from 10 mentors to 80 because Jen Snow, who was the CTO for the Air Force, came on and literally almost killed me because she threw me so many potential mentors, people who wanted to do it, people who were like eager and ready to join. And I had to follow up with all these people. And so we started with these, we had these 80 and we just kept going. And, and then we had a waiting list and now we have more than 90 and it's just going and going and going. And we've, we're in six countries, kids all over are, doing amazing things like patenting, making their own podcast, writing, um, doing research and writing articles that are getting submitted to peer-reviewed journals. We do hackathons and all these cool things. And the mentors are really, it, it, the, that is really the after effect. The main thing is that we're mentor focused and our mentors are really into each other. 
they like meeting up, they become friends, um, and they do a lot together. And that's really the magic of this, I think, is that the mentors are doing what they're built to do. And from that is coming the magic with the mentees. Yeah, uh, the, so many direction we can go with this, but uh, I, I agree with all you said, and I have to to thank JJ myself because we had her on the show, and that's how we heard about the Mentor Project. She actually has a podcast with uh, with ITSP Magazine as well, and she's so excited about everything she does that it, she she's just infected, <laughs> like that excitement it just gets to you. So I was like, I got to learn more about this, and of course. We happen to know Bill because coming from cybersecurity, we we already knew him through other organizations, and so I feel like it was kind of meant to be. And and but I'm very interested in in this is a linear story the one that you said here because it started with your interest in what what doesn't give meaning to life, which is you know the big question. <laughs> It is the big question. What are we supposed to be doing here? And as you as you age, I, I like that idea that, and I saw your uh, TEDx presentation. So when you see that curve that goes up and goes down, but then there is the other curve, which is, I don't know, the experience, right? That that, that grows. And and I I love how you embrace that. You had this vision because people just get old. Yeah, that's the thing. But, and this is where I want to go. Um, when you study, you know, ancient Greek or literature and, you know, the name mentor itself come from the Homer, Homer, the, the Odyssey. So he's an advisor and you think about he's the wise man, right? I mean, all these Greek uh, teacher and philosopher, they all have this white beard. It's almost like as you get old, you become wise. Not true, unfortunately. But in a way or another, we do. And I love how you said about it could be your grandma, because who do you go to when you're a kid and you want to know things? You go to your parents, you go to your grandparents. You, you, you expect that to share their experience. How did you funnel this into, into the mentor project? I mean, I know it just fell on your lap, but you also have a background that prepare you for it. So what, what is the, the secret sauce for the mentor project to be grown so fast, so quickly and, and pivoting through the digital transformation as well? So when we look at research that people have done on how we operate, we as people operate emotionally through our lifespan, there's been research that was sort of looked at anecdotally, like We'll take a data set and see how people did. Did they seem happier? Did they, how did they do? And research shows that people get happier as they get older. And part of what we're built to do in our development is to want to give back. But it's such a foreign idea to younger people that it just doesn't resonate oftentimes for somebody to say, yeah, sure, I, I can see myself wanting to give back. You know, when we're in our 20s, 30s, and 40s, we're so overwhelmed with what we need to do. We can't even think about giving back, which is also a normal part of aging. But, you know, I was getting to the stage. I was getting ready to turn 50. And I was understanding, even in my 40s, I was seeing it happen with people that I knew. I was watching it. And 
I was seeing it with older adults that most of them aren't unhappy, that most of them are doing well. Most of them want a legacy. They want to think that their life had meaning. It just wasn't focused on. So when the mentor project came around, it was really to see, hey, does it work? Let's see. Let's give it a shot. It, you know, it's, it it wasn't quite an anthropological expedition, but in a way it was like really testing it out in real life to see if it would happen. And quite honestly, in my wildest dreams, I did not think that it would take off as quickly as it did. I truly thought it was going to be 10 people running around having fun with each other. And I and we're still growing. So. Which is not a bad thing. No, <laughs> no. Especially when you're running around with the cool kids, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, what you had mentioned about mentor and you have mentioned about grandmas, one thing we know is that things that get passed down from generations are things like religion, the food that we eat at holidays. It's all of these things that we know of because it's been passed down from generation to generation. Those values are our legacy. Those experiences that we can predict, you know, every holiday that you get together, you know what you're going to be eating, what the ritual will be. And that didn't just come out of nowhere. That's part of mentoring and giving back. Yeah, I mean, I, there is one thing I love to say. It's that we're all made of stories um, as humans and, you know, talking about transmitting histories before there was the, the, the written language. And it's always coming from the older generation. That's that's how we, we evolve as well. And it's very sad to me. And if I remember, you actually mentioned this in your, in your conversation, I mean, your TED Talk, which is we give too much value to the young people in the company, especially now a technology company, they're all made of young people. When you get a certain age, you have the bias that, you know, you're not good anymore. And it's so weird to me because all the things that we said so far. So how creating this feeling of not being useful anymore so, so young, I mean, even if I'm thinking now, what if I had to go to look for a job? Would I be too old all of a sudden to to be hired by a company that despite all the experience and, and knowledge that you may have? Um, how how do you see that, not from an individual perspective, but from a, a sociological perspective? Why is this happening? I think that people view aging and age as a decline, you know, because it's looked at only physically. But when we because we've doing, been doing that for so long, we've been wasting our most precious natural resources, which is our experts. It's, been, it's us. It's when we cast aside the things that, you know, people have changed the world with and they're no longer important because they're a certain age or thought of as not being relevant, we disconnect from the ability to pass on information and instead the younger generation has to keep reinventing the wheel or they go in a wrong direction and by activating our experts which is those who have lived longer even if it's life experience whatever it is that you're an expert in could be chicken soup it doesn't matter whatever mm -hmm. you're an expert in 
if you are not able to pass that on to somebody else, that's a wasted natural resource. And we're very fortunate because our professional workforce right now is the majority of, of our workforce is middle-aged. Mm. And um, so if we are wasting those who are middle-aged and older and letting them go and saying, we don't want to engage you or hire you or take you on, we're really wasting an opportunity. And so in our, in our world, it's not coal, oil, and gas and diamonds and other natural resources aren't going to be what moves us forward. It's going to be our experts who are passing on our knowledge, skills, values to the next generation and moving our world forward. That's what's going to do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to make a comment on this and then I want to talk a little bit more about the mentor project and, and all the amazing resources and what you focus on there. But what you just said, it, I was reading this book that is called the, the subtile art of not giving it F word. And it's really funny and it makes you think because it makes you see world in a different way. And th there is a, there is an anecdote, anecdote in there which is about an old picasso pablo picasso that is uh, just scribbling things on a on a pen on a, of a napkin in a coffee shop and a and a lady saw him recognize him and he said can i have that napkin and he's like she's like i can pay for it and he said sure twenty thousand dollars and she said it took you two minutes to make that and he said no it took me 60 years to get here to, to get these napkins <laughs> scribble that I just did. And that, it's not only funny, but also so true. It, it, all that knowledge, you just can't make it up. <laughs> so, you know, and the, the fact that you can funnel all of that and that energy and that excitement, because, you know, once somebody kind of give up on, 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 on life, that's, that's the end of it, right? So... When I sit down with you guys, with the cool kids uh, lately on a Friday morning <laughs> for me, and we, we get to meet each other, talk about new project and stuff like that, I, that's what I see. I see ex excitement and I see people that I'm like, I can't believe that, you know, I'm, I'm here with all of this because it's really cool. How, what does it take for you to be a good mentor? And and what are the disciplines that you focus the most on the Mentor Project? So the Mentor Project focuses on science, technology, engineering, art, math, law, business, and finance. And we focus on all of those because we know how important it is to get STEM and to have kids patent and have ideas and to do amazing things. But then what if it just sits on a shelf? We need to get it out into the world. And that's where finance um, and business are very useful and we try to engage all of them. And so um, to be a good mentor, you really have to be someone who wants to pass your knowledge on to someone else. I, I like to, it, it is, there's no special sauce with this in any way. You can give it in whatever way is comfortable to you. Everyone that comes on on the Friday morning for you uh, and the noon time for me, has a different way of engaging with people. You know, some people really like to do um, larger Zoom meetings. Other people like to meet one-on-one. -on -one. It doesn't really matter. It matters that you 
that you want to find a way to give back your talent to someone else, um, to put it out into the world. So that can be in writing, that can be in any kind of way, but the biggest thing is a connection with somebody else. So it isn't just dropping off information, it's connecting with others. And I think that you probably see that when you're on, because that's what I call lateral mentoring. When all yeah. of our mentors are getting together, unbelievable things happen all of a sudden because it's bringing two or more, you know, it can be 17 experts get on a Zoom call together. And then all of a sudden there's a, a paper in nature. There's someone who's doing a research project. Somebody says, let's do a hackathon. There's something happening after every single one of them. Countless articles, books you name it, come out of these. And so it's because there's an excitement when you're sharing what you're good at with somebody else. There's an excitement when you see somebody else say, I get it. Oh, that makes sense. Or what you do is really awesome. I want to learn a little bit more. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you do? And so that same engagement that people feel on the Friday meetings as mentors is the same thing they're giving to the mentees. Um, and that's, that's the secret sauce for being a good mentor. I think, I think it's to always keep learning yourself. Like, I mean, the best teachers are the one that they know that they don't know everything, even, especially the relationship with their students. I mean, you, you're learning. Yes, right? you're, you're right. You're never just handing out information it's not like flashcards like go learn this right it's a connection with somebody else you want them to have it like you're it's like giving a gift you're giving something to somebody and that when they receive it and that connection is wow i like this gift you're giving me that's a relationship then and that's really what it is is the desire to give a gift to someone else and that that recipient because it's a two-way street says i like this gift thank you and you can then continue to engage. And you see that with, you know, lateral mentoring, but you also see that with hierarchical mentoring with a mentee of a younger generation. If you meet up with a kid and they're like, whatever, when you tell them about what you do, you're not mentoring them. They have to want it, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So they have to be able to accept your gift. So being a good mentor is, is saying, hey, I've got this gift can I present this to you? And would you like mm. it? And finding a person who wants that gift. Yeah. And I think a the gift for the mentor is exactly what you say is to have that person that is asking you to, yeah. to share your knowledge or your advice or whatever it is. You, you can change, you can change somebody's life just with one little story. You know, I, I like to think it that way. It's very naive, but yeah, that's the it's way. It's not I naive. I'll tell yeah. you, I became a psychologist because I went to visit my grandmother in an assisted living facility and she was depressed. And I said, oh my gosh, my grandma is, you know, not acting right. The psychologist came and she said, don't worry, we'll fix her. Mm. And they did. And then I became a psychologist. It was yeah. that one moment mm. that changed my life because I got to see someone who showed me that her expertise could change my grandma for the better. And she mentored you. You didn't even know it. She didn't know <laughs> it and I didn't know it. It wasn't a term that was even used, yeah, then, exactly. but she sure did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, 
let's look a little bit into the future of of the mentor project because what we really we talk a lot on on the magazine about the relationship of course between technology and society and as bad as this two years been for a lot of things um they brought a lot of digital in in everybody's life i mean what you said about you know we were going around in cars <laughs> having fun visiting schools and so forth and god i want to go back to that for sure the, the fact is that you pivot really quickly and i'm wondering if you would have had this incredible growth of mentors if you didn't do that and i'm going to leave you with that space to, to to comment on this the fact that probably now instead of reaching those 20 30 40 50 kids in the school you can reach the world so what's ahead with this i mean we're not going to go back to whatever normal means this is normal yeah you're so right there's a silver lining to this pandemic and that is that our digital world moved forward in a way that brought together, you know, technology with emotion. And that was a real gift because we've had more connections globally around our country and with many more people and they like each other. They're friends. They connect outside of this. They, people have actually become really close and developed meaningful, deep relationships and I've seen it with the Mentor Project, where lives have been changed. And that's because we now have had the ability to combine emotion and technology. Before, getting on Zoom was, you know, okay, get on Zoom. It's an hour. It's a job. It's whatever we have to do. And then get off. And now it's changed. People will say, oh, catch up and let's do this. Or in my classroom, I can bring a mentor on. I'm bringing on Megan Schlesinger, for example, tomorrow. And she is in a different part of the country. And she's going to be able to talk about the, you know, tech work that she does and how that, um, how her work is to kids in the, on the East Coast in college. That wouldn't happen before. I wouldn't have done that. I would have had them, which I used to, have them come into the classroom and they had to navigate the school, park, do all sorts of things. Now I can have people hop on and hop off and the students can then follow up and connect with them on LinkedIn. Our world gets smaller yet closer with this. And I see that with the mentor project that we're growing larger, but people are becoming closer emotionally. And that's the most beautiful thing that I wouldn't have predicted with tech and emotion coming together the way they do yeah I'm, I'm fascinated by by that it's i kind of think about that all the time like technology it's it's not cold it's made by humans and so there is our emotions in it, it mm -hmm. there's no questions about it so a, as we wrap here um how can people do something and contribute to the mentor project apart from being a mentor Let's say that you you want to use the mentor project in in your classes or uh, other situation. I mean, who who is for and how can people get involved on the other side of the mentorship? Oh, absolutely! If you are in a school or if you um, know of a school, um, connect us with them because we can bring our mentors 
digitally into the classrooms. Um, we can host like mini series where we can have almost like a, a masterclass or what we call an ask me anything where students get to meet one-on-one -on -one with some of the great tech leaders um, who changed our world with astronauts, with astrophysicists, with you name it. Um, and so if you know of a school that um, is interested, let us know. You can reach out to us and click on ask a mentor and ask our mentors anything you'd like. Um, and you will get a response. Um, you can donate to any of our projects. Um, you know, we're sending an artist to Tanzania um, to a school that has never had art before, a school of 500 students. We're doing all kinds of neat things. So if you, but the biggest thing is if you have a school or students or a group, we've even met with Girl Scout um, troops, things like that. Mm. Um, you know, contact us. We're happy to engage and bring our mentors to to you and connect. Yeah, and it's not just about school, right? I mean, you can do it in a in a in a library. You can do it in in a lot of different communities Any of, of all of all kinds. So it's it's out there. And uh, again, I am so glad that through other people, I met you and I met many other people and what you said is true like every time after one of those meetings um you know i get a maybe a, a, a direct message and like hey can we talk about this idea because i'm already talking about this with someone else and and it's just very excited and i'm so new to this that it's very very inspiring so i'm gonna thank you here i'm gonna leave you the last minute if you want to uh close with something about um, an invitation maybe to be part of this or maybe you have something an announcement to do about your personal career um it's 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 yours go for it well i want to say thank you marco and for and you are an amazing mentor not only to uh students but to the other mentors everybody's always talking about how much they like engaging with you so um thank you you're making the world a better place every day and um what I'd like to put out there is that we're having a conference that we're doing jointly with One Business World. It's April 19th through the 21st. Um, and we're going to open it up to universities around the world to learn about entrepreneurship from some of the biggest entrepreneur leaders in the world and from our mentors. So if you are in a university, um, go ahead and reach out to us. We'd love to have your university represented and you can attend for free if you're coming through a university. So check out Young Entrepreneurs of the World and also check out our website because we do have a link to that as well on our website. Um, and also check out our website to see what's new and what's coming up because um, shows and programs like Marco has on ITSP Magazine are really fun to catch. Uh, you want you want to make sure that you don't miss anything that we have going on. Well, thank you for the kind words, and uh, you know it, it's it's about doing it together, and and that's the important thing. Uh, all the links that you just mentioned, uh, they will be in the notes on this podcast. So um, we'll we'll share it. Not only the the Mentor Project website, but also how to connect with you, Deborah, and uh, and where they can find more information about the things we talked about. And yeah, get involved. 
and get excited. It's uh, there's a lot that we can do with very little. I think that's that's the lesson here. And sometimes we have resources that we, we don't know we have it, but we do, right? Yes. Well, Deborah, thank you so much. This was very easy and inspiring, and that's exactly what we want to do with our podcast to leave people with more questions than answers. And uh, and I think we, we got there some with some inspiration sprinkle on it too. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marco. It's a real privilege and a pleasure as always talking with you. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at Nintex.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society, and some even beyond that.